Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. So today, we're going to talk about prayer, and um, I have spoke about prayer, man, I can't even tell you, with all the years of being a youth pastor and being a senior pastor, I can't even tell you how many times I've spoken about prayer. And... Um, Probably 90% of the time when I speak about prayer, um, I use this book um, by a pastor. He's now in heaven. His name is Kenneth Hagin, super awesome man of God, Um, and really kind of what I cut my teeth on as it related to faith and really growing in the things of God. And uh, he wrote this amazing, it's just a really small book. Uh, about uh, how to pray and uh, steps of prayer. And it's just a wonderful book. And I usually uh, will share out of that book, but I just, the Lord just led me in this different direction. And to be honest with you, he led me in this direction that I've never really seen prayer in this way before. So today, uh, next week is gonna be a little bit more like meat and potatoes of like steps to have answered prayer. Is that Okay. Today, we're going to kind of talk about the heart of prayer, and we're going to kind of talk about our relationship with Jesus in prayer. Is that cool? So today is going to be just a little bit different when it comes to prayer, okay? Uh, Put on that picture of Luke for me, okay? Look at that cutie. Oh, I love that kid so much. This is Luke. Uh, This is our youngest. Uh, We have three boys, uh, 15, 11, and 6 years old. Uh, He's a lot of life. You can play that video uh, for me. He came home the other day. He's like, I learned a Macarena. We're like, well, let's let's do it at dinner time. Why not? You know what I mean? So he's six. He's awesome. He has lots of energy. uh, And we love him to pieces. But it was interesting. The other day, Jess told me uh, this this little story about Luke. And uh, she said that she was upstairs and Luke was in his little playroom and he was doing this. He was going, Jesus, can you hear me? Jesus, he said, where are you? He said, Jesus, are you listening? And, I, and Jess just thought, you know, it's the funniest thing. And, you know, he's six, and we're teaching him that Jesus lives in his heart, and the Holy Spirit dwells inside of him, and that he can talk to Jesus at any time. And, uh, you know, we're just taking these steps with him to teach him these things. But I started thinking about that, and I thought, no matter what age, and no matter how long we have been following Jesus, I think all of us at some point in time feel like Luke where we're going, Jesus, where are you? Jesus, am I just talking to the wall right now? You know what I mean? Has any, I mean, come on, let's all be honest, okay? We've all felt that before, and the rest of you are all liars right now, okay? And the Lord sees you, okay? Listen, we all have moments we feel like we're talking to the wall. We feel like we're just you know, throwing up prayers and they're hitting the ceiling or they're hitting the top of the car. We all have moments where we're like, God, where are you? 
you know, I lost my job, our family got a bad report health-wise, or, you know, my kids are crazy, can I get an amen from anybody with children, okay? Kids can be crazy, you can just feel like, kind of like, God, where are you? You can feel moments like, God, are you listening to me? Because I feel very alone, I feel very far away from you. We have moments where, God, do you hear me? I know you hear other people, but I wonder if you're mad at me. I wonder if you're frustrated at me. I wonder what you think and feel about me right now. We all have these feelings and thoughts as it relates to our relationship with Jesus, but as it relates to our relationship with Jesus, it also affects this thing called prayer, okay? And prayer is so important. Uh, I grew up with my grandparents. My mom and dad split up when I was young. And so for me, growing up with my grandparents, um, prayer was just something that just constantly happened in our house. Just happened all the time. My grandma would walk around the house praying in tongues. She'd go, and I'd be like seven years old. I'd be like, is that Spanish? You know what I mean? Like, like, what, like, what's going on? You know what I mean? It just, I just grew up in it. I grew up in prayer, okay? My grandma, uh, she oversaw um, the prayer, what was it? The prayer line, what would we call it? Prayer chain, prayer chain. She oversaw the prayer chain. So um, I don't know if any of you remember, like, the phone, like an old phone that had a cord, Okay. I don't even know where she found this, but we had like a hundred foot long cord and she could just like walk around the house, okay? Praying on the phone, encouraging people on the phone. So for me, I just grew up around prayer and it was something we did as a family. It was something that I was a part of all the time um, and it was just something I'm so thankful that God birthed in me because I'll be honest with you, I love the word of God, but I love prayer. I mean, I love prayer. It's amazing. Um, our new youth pastor, Christian, said this to me a few weeks ago. Um, he said, you know, you always talk about, about prayer. And he said, I always wonder, like, is he really being honest? He prays that much? <laughs> like, he was like, I was really questioning you. And then he's like, I came, like, one night, and you were just randomly in here praying. I heard the music from my house. He lives in the little house. He's like, and I came over to see what was happening. He's like, you were just in prayer. Because I love prayer. I love talking to the Lord in my relationship with him. So there's a few things we need to understand about our relationship with the Lord and our relationship with the Lord in prayer, okay? Truth number one today is this. You talk to people you know love you. Amen? You talk to people that you know that they love you and they are for you. They're not against you. They're not going to judge you. They want to hear what you have to say. Let me ask this question. When did you stop talking to your parents? Think about that, okay? Uh, for me, it was probably around uh, 13 or 14, Shout out what age was it for you? 12, 16, what else? Perry, you're laughing. Were you like nine? You're like, I just don't like you guys. <laughs> so there comes this place where like, I remember like going to uh, this girl Amy's house 
And, you know, my parents would be like, so how was Amy's house? Okay. And you know you're going to get like one of two responses. You're either going to get good. Really? That's, that's all? Yeah, it was good. Like nothing else happened? Like what would you have for dinner? I don't know. It was good. It was just good. Good food. It was good. You know, like you'll either get that response, okay, or you'll get this response. Um, nothing happened. I swear nothing happened, okay? I know we were alone in the basement with a blanket, but nothing happened, I promise, okay? Right? Okay? So there comes a place where you stop talking to your parents. Why? Because of fear. It's fear of what? Fear of punishment, okay? You're like, if I tell you what I really think, if I tell you what really is happening, I'm fearful that you're going to get mad and you're going to get frustrated with me and then I'm going to get in trouble and I'm going to get grounded, right? So we stop talking to our parents. I, I had this conversation with our middle son, Ben, the other day. We were on the way to basketball practice and, and he's 11 and we're starting to have some conversations about sex and we're starting to have some conversations about like who's your crush and who do you like and you know like I told my kids like we are not going to be awkward about sex and dating and talking about life like we're we just we just talk about it just might be a little awkward about it okay but I'm not going to be awkward okay so me and him, we're in the car, and we're talking about these kind of things. And I just said to him, I said, listen, Ben, I want you to know something, okay? You can talk to me about anything. Anything. I said, here's the deal. I will always have grace for you if something goes wrong in your life or you've done something and you don't lie to me. I said, just don't lie to me. I said, just come to me. I said, if you come to me, I'll help you. If you come to me, I'll have grace. If you come to me, we'll work it out together. Why, why am I telling him this? Because I don't want him to have fear in life of me. I don't want to have fear of a conversation with me. I want him to have peace about talking to me. Now, listen, this works the same way in our relationship with God, okay? If we fear the Lord... Why would we talk to the Lord, right? We just wouldn't. We would just avoid talking to him. And to be honest with you, I think most people avoid talking to him because they think that God is frustrated or angry or upset at them. Amen? Okay? So when we have moments in life that we mess up, we got to have a free conscious ability. To go, you know what? I know what the word says. So go with me to 1 John. Okay, 1 John chapter 4, okay, and we're going to go slowly through this passage because we're going to break it down, okay? So I want us to have an understanding of our relationship with Jesus, okay? Verse 17, by living in God, okay, what is it saying? In our relationship with Jesus, okay, what makes a good relationship? Time. All the women said amen, right? Yeah, I want time, okay? Love makes a good relationship. Commitment, right? These are things that make a healthy relationship. So by living in God, our relationship with him, okay? It says this, 
Love, when the word, when he uses the word love here, it's talking about Jesus. Love has brought us to what? It's full expression, okay? What is the full expression of love? It is Jesus saying, I died on the cross to take your place. A lot of, a lot of nothing right now. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I've heard that my whole life. Okay, I know you've heard that your whole life, but there has to be a place inside of your life with Jesus that that still matters, okay? There, you can't, that, that, that's what we build our whole entire life with Jesus on, is that he took my place on the cross. He died for me. He stood for me. He went to hell in my place. He defeated death so that I could have life, so I could live life with Jesus in eternity forever. Like that has to be something that is constantly pressing in your soul and your spirit because that's what keeps your relationship with Jesus alive and healthy and strong. That place where you're like, I, I haven't forgotten about these things. I haven't just let these thoughts go. I know that, that he loves me. His expression to me was full of love to me, so he gave his life for me, okay? says this, so that we may freely face the day of judgment, okay? Believers should never fear standing before Jesus, right? As believers, we should have this place inside of us where we go, Thank you, Jesus, for the blood of Jesus, because the blood of Jesus makes me perfect. And I stand before him perfectly. And he loves me, and he's with me, and he's for me, okay? It says this, because of all that, Jesus now is, Jesus now is, so we are, so we, oh, I mess this up every time. I was back there thinking to myself, Jeff, don't mess this up. Don't mess this up. I messed it up, Okay. So we are now in this world. What is this little passage saying? It's saying this. Because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, Jesus Christ has given us righteousness. Okay? He has transferred his righteousness to us. Verse 18. Love, meaning Jesus, never brings fear. Fear is always related to punishment. But Jesus' love drives fear of punishment far away from our hearts, okay? So if we have true love of Jesus flowing in our lives, then there is something inside of us that goes, I want to spend time with him. I want to talk to him because I don't fear that he's mad at me. I don't fear that he's going to punish me. I don't fear that he's going to look at me and think that I'm an idiot. I have an excitement that's inside of me because I know his love and his love brings me closer to him. You talk to people that you know love you. So if you truly know that Jesus loves you and is for you, then there is a passion in your soul to go, God, I want to tell you about my day. I want to tell you about my kids. I want to tell you about what's happening at work. I want to tell you about what's going on in my thoughts. I want to tell, listen, can I just tell you, God's not afraid of your doubts. 
God's not afraid of those moments. God's not afraid of the moments when you question a verse in the word. There's a lot of times where I go, God, I just don't understand this, but I need your wisdom and I need you to help me understand this. It's just a running dialogue with him because I know that he loves me and he wants the best for me because he sacrificed it all for me, amen? So if we have that perspective, our communication with him will grow, okay? Truth number two is this. You talk to people you trust. You talk to people you trust. Do you know somebody you don't trust? Like, you'll tell them something, and you know they're going to tell like 20 people, okay? Or it's like the Instagram thing or the Facebook thing where it's like tag five people. You know what I mean? They're like, you know they're going to tag five people. You know what I mean? Like, whatever you tell them, it is not staying with them. It is going with somebody else, okay? Or how about this? Somebody you don't trust because you know all they hear is, I'm frustrated with you, right? I mean, no matter what you say, you know they're frustrated at you, they're jealous of you, uh, they have a crooked nose to you, you said something to them like five years ago, and they've been thinking about it for the last five years every time they see you, yeah, okay? We have people that we know we don't trust, okay? So if we don't trust, we're not going to talk, okay? But if we trust the Lord, trust him with what? The most intimate details of our life, right? Like, Lord, I remember, like, I, I feel like I'm having, like, um, like, a moment right now because, like, this was the service last year that we went to two services last year, same week, the same week, two, last year, two services. And then the next week, the world shut down. You know what I mean? I was like, way to go, Jeff. You know what I mean? Start two services, and the next week, the world shuts down. So I'm a little scarred, you know what I mean, by this weekend, you know what I mean? But I remember when everything happened. I had very real moments right here in this room talking to God going, God, I'm scared. Now, I'm not scared now. But at the moment, I didn't know what was going on. At the moment, I didn't know what was happening. At the moment, I didn't really understand anything. And I just was laying it out to the Lord. Lord, I'm scared. And, and you only do that if you trust somebody. Like, think about the person you trust the most that you'll tell somebody, like, hey, like, our finances aren't going so well, right? Or like, hey, my kids are a mess right now. Or that dream that I had shattered in front of me and I'm brokenhearted right now, right? You only tell people that you truly, truly trust with the most intimate details of your life. Matthew chapter 6 Verse 26, this is Jesus. He says this, consider the birds. They don't worry about their existence. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Wouldn't that just be kind of nice? They don't plant, they don't reap, they don't store up food, yet their heavenly Father provides for them with food. And then Jesus says this, aren't you much more valuable to your Father than they are? Luke chapter 11 
verse 9, verse 9 through 13, it says this. So it is with your prayers. Ask, and you will receive. Now, you need to, like, highlight that verse. You need to underline that verse. You need to take notes about that verse because the Lord has given you a key about prayer. Right there. Right there. He's saying, I just need you to ask. I just need you to talk to me. I think we all have this thought like God knows everything and he knows everything in my life. But in relationship, you talk to that person. You talk to the person that you are in relationship with. So Jesus is telling, I like when you talk to me. So ask me for things. Talk to me about things. Ask me about things going on in your life, okay? Goes on to say, seek and you'll discover. Knock and heaven's door will be open to you one day. Every persistent person receives what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he needs. And anyone who knocks persistently will find one day an open door. So the Lord's telling you also, listen, ask, but be persistent, okay? How many of you have had crazy persistent children in your life, okay? I mean, they will ask you a bazillion times, okay, to the place that you go, I don't even care what you're asking for. I'll give it to you. You know what I mean? They're just so persistent. The Lord's given you a key to prayer. He's going, listen, be persistent with me. Be bold with me. Be confident with me. Come to me. Talk to me about your life. Verse 11, I love what Jesus tells us what will happen. It says this. Let, let me ask you this, he says. Do you know any father who would give his son a snake on a plate when he asks for a serving of fish? I love this. You know why? Because he's going, look, when you ask, I legitimately care about what you're asking for. I think a lot of times we think, well, if I ask God for this, like, if I ask God, so, like, this is a really big deal in my heart right now, okay? I, I'm not even lying about this. I want a Ford Raptor truck. And all the men said, amen, amen, okay? I want a big, black truck with black wheels, matted. I want some big lights on it. I want, I want, to, I want you to see me coming and think, Pastor Jeff's going to run me over. He's going to run my little car over, okay? All right? I want to I wanna jack that thing up, okay? I, I mean, I'm just going to be out there riding one hand on that wheel, okay? All right? Now, did you hear what I said? I don't want any truck, right? I'm asking for a Raptor, Okay? And I like raptors because I like Jurassic Park, okay? <laughs> now, please hear me. I am, I, I'm not like the name it and claim it, you know what I mean? In Jesus' name, I named it. That truck is mine. I don't care if it's yours. It's going to be mine, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, that's, that's not what I'm saying, okay? But what I am saying is this. When I ask the Lord for something, I legitimately believe that he's a good father, and he cares about what I care about, right? So this is what the word's showing us, that when you talk to him, when you ask him about stuff, he's not going to give you a snake when you ask for a fish. 
goes on to say, do you know any father who would give his daughter a spider? That's terrible. It's just terrible, okay? When she asks for an egg, of course not. It says, verse 13, if imperfect parents know how to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need. So Jesus is going, listen, imperfect people, because we're all imperfect in this room, if you know how to do good things for your children, think about your Father in heaven. It says this, how much more will your perfect Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit? Okay, so two things we need to understand about this. Number one, in, in the Matthew chapter six, Jesus made something really profound. He said, listen, I want you to understand, you're valuable. Did you hear that? He said, I know that, listen, I take care of all these birds. They're, they're, all their needs are met. They don't worry about anything. But I want you to understand how valuable you are to me, how much more valuable you are to me. Listen, so I have, um, I have this card, okay? Uh, it's from 19... 19- 90 uh, Skybox, okay? Um, me and my grandpa collected uh, cards when I was a kid. And uh, my grandpa bought this box of Skybox cards. And this is the first Michael Jordan card that I ever pulled out of a pack with my grandpa. Me and him were sitting there. I remember I pulled this card out. I, you know, I'm like running around with the card. I'm so excited. And he grabbed it and, and put it in case. And and I don't have many things um, from when I was a kid with my grandpa, but I've, I've held on to this. This thing matters a lot to me, okay? Now, here's the deal. This means nothing to you. And to be honest with you, it's worth like, I looked it up, the value of the card. It's worth like 99 cents, okay? It has no like value, to be honest. But to me, it means everything. It's, I value this card. So <clears throat> if you tried to take this card from me, a couple things would happen. Number one, we would have some words, okay? We would have some words, okay? The second thing that would happen is I might have a John Wick moment, okay? I don't know if you've ever watched John Wick. You're like, you, you killed my cat, you know? You stole my card, okay? And so now your life is gonna end, you know what I mean? So that might happen. Why? Because I value this right? This is, this is valuable to me. Look, this is what Jesus is saying to you. He's going, I want you to understand that you are valuable to me. And when Jesus says he's, you're valuable, he's going, I'm going to give you love. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to listen. I'm going to provide for you. Why? Because you are valuable to me. I care about you. I care about your life. I care about your future. You're not just alive to waste space on the earth. You're alive for a reason. I've put you here at this very moment in time in history because I got great plans for you. Amen? God goes, you're valuable to me. I care about you. The second thing that we have to understand is that Jesus is a giver of good gifts. He cares about what you care about. The other day, um, we had an elders meeting. And uh, I was here before the elders meeting, and I was praying, and I knew what we were going to talk about uh, that night at the meeting. And so I'm here, and I'm praying, and I'm talking to the Lord, and the Lord's been talking to me about the next season. 
Because that's what the Holy Spirit does, and that's what he does in prayer. He'll speak to you about things to come to get you ready, to get you prepared. And so the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me about the next season of Elevate. And in the next season of Elevate, I know this, that this building is not big enough. Thank God we're going to two services, and thank God there's a bunch of you here at 9, and 11's going to be full. Listen, a year from now, 9 a.m. and 11, we're going to have people sitting in that little breezeway out there, Okay? And so I'm talking to the Lord, but I understand that the next step of building, man, that is a big step. It's a big step. It's a big financial commitment. It's going to take a lot of faith. It's going to take a lot of trust. And so I'm talking to the Lord, and I'm actually exercising this verse that I love. Philippians 4. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it says this. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about things but be saturated in prayer through each day. Talking about just being in constant talking with the Lord. Offering up faith-filled requests before him. I love that, faith-filled. Coming to him in faith. God, I trust you with this, okay? Overflowing with gratitude. Why is there gratitude? Because you know when you give it to the Lord, he's good. Amen? Okay? Tell him every detail of your life. Right? So I'm telling him all the details about what I'm worried about about this next season. I'm telling him because I've gone through building projects. I've worked at other churches that have gone through it and I know what it's like. And so I'm telling him all the details. I'm, I'm casting my worries, my anxieties upon him. Verse 7 it says this and God's wonderful peace, peace that translates human understanding will guard your heart and mind in Jesus Christ. So I'm telling him all this. I'm giving him all my worries and cares. And then the peace of God comes in. When the peace of God comes in, I just stop talking. Because you're like, you got it. You got it. And you can rest. But he's a good God. He gives good things. And so I get done. I'm going back. I have this little desk back there. I'm going to pack up all my stuff. And the Lord prompted my heart for something that I've actually looked for for 10 years. Okay? Put up that picture, okay? Yeah, yeah, keep that up there, okay? When I was like nine years old, my grandpa bought me this, okay? And I have these guys, these little starting lineup guys from when I was a kid, okay? My grandpa bought me this. Put up the next picture, okay? I found this picture of this flyer. It was $4, okay? Four measly dollars, okay? Um, when my grandpa and, and my grandma died, um, a lot got shifted and like, Everything that I had somehow um, got on some different truck, and I lost, like, everything. We moved. I had to go live with my aunt and uncle, and I lost, like, pretty much everything. I have, like, like a couple things from when I was a kid, like a couple pictures, a couple things. I only have a couple things, okay? So, like, for 10 years, I promise you, I've gone to card shops. I've gone to hobby shops. I've gone to toy stores. I've emailed toy stores. I've e- I mean, I've asked the world, can you help me find 
this little, like, this little thing. And I know you're all thinking, this is the dumbest thing ever, Pastor Jeff. Like, why would you want this? It just means a lot to me. And I kid you, for 10 years, I've been looking for it. The other day, so I get done praying, and, the, and I feel the Holy Spirit go, just look online for it real quick. And I was like, what's the point? Man, I got to get to the elders meeting. I, I got to go pick up food. Like, I've been looking for this thing for 10 years. And the Lord's just like, just look it up. Just look it up. And I looked it up. And five minutes before I looked it up, somebody had posted one of these on eBay. And I was like, you got to be joking me. I've been looking for 10 years for this thing. And the Holy Spirit just said, I'm good. And if I can give you this, I'll give you a building, I'll give you a building also. Isn't it cool how God loves us? He's a good God. He brings good things. So that means what? You can trust him. You can trust him with your life. You can trust him with what's going on in your life. You can talk to him. Truth number three is this. Last one. You talk to your best friends when you're in trouble. You talk to your best friends when you're in trouble. Mark chapter 2, verse 15, says, Later, Jesus and his disciples went to have a meal with Levi. Among the guests at Levi's home, there was many tax collectors and notable sinners sharing a meal with Jesus. For there were many kinds of people who followed Jesus. I love this passage because it just blatantly says that Jesus had dinner with terrible people. Right? Just terrible people. Sinners. I know when you hear tax collector, it really doesn't register in your heart, but tax collectors were actually awful people that robbed and stole and cheat because they had to get their cut, but they also had to get their cut to the government. Like These were awful people. And Jesus is sitting down having a meal with them. And the thing that I love about this, it means this, that these people were comfortable being around Jesus. So ask yourself, are, are people who don't know Jesus, are they comfortable being around me? Are they comfortable coming to my table? Are they comfortable spending time with me? Because they were comfortable with Jesus. And why were they comfortable with Jesus? Because Jesus wasn't judgmental. I'm about to step on some toes right now, right? I love people. So there's this wonderful couple in our church, and they're coming to the 11 a.m. service. They're named uh, Gwen and Danny Green. Love the Greens, okay? Because the Greens are the type of people, if you roll up to their house and you were like, hey, I got a dead body in the trunk, they, they probably wouldn't ask questions. They would be like, yeah, we got some woods. Come on, let, let's, go, let's go bury that, okay? Right? Nah, that's not, I mean, they're good people. They love, the, they love the Lord, okay? Right? But I love people like that because you could come and you could share anything with them, right? You could just lay it on the line and they're not going to hit up the prayer chain. 
You know what I mean? Like the prayer train, you know what I mean? More like the gossip train, you know what I mean? Where it's like, hey, did you hear about Kevin? Kevin got a DUI. Oh, yeah, I know. We, I know we, need, we need to pray for Kevin, okay? He, he's got some demons, and uh, we need to get them out of his life, you know? Right? Amen. Hebrews 4, 14 says this. Worship team, you guys can come on up. Verse 14. So then we must cling to our faith in all that we know to be true. Isn't it just such a time to cling to our faith right now? Such a time to hold on to truth. Such a time to hold on to Jesus right now. It says this, for our magnificent King Priest, Jesus, the Son of God, who rose into heaven, heavenly realms for us, now sympathizes with our frailties, okay? The translation of this means this. It means that he wrestled in our afflictions. It means that he wrestled in our pride. He wrestled in our anger. He wrestled in our jealousy. Jesus knows what it's like to be human. He knows what it's like to be angry. He knows what it's like. Verse 15. He understands our humanity. For as a man, Jesus was tempted in every way just as us, but conquered sin. Verse 16. So then we draw freely to him. It sounds really, really simple. Oh man, we're all good. We're all good. Sounds really simple, right? Freely draw near to him. I just, I just think the enemy's got us so wrapped up in busyness. The enemy's got us so wrapped up in worry about the world. Can I just get on a soapbox just for a second? I love that as believers, we care about things that matter. Like, I desperately care about not killing babies, okay? I desperately care about that, okay? But sometimes I think the enemy can work up believers and that's like all we care about, right? It's all we care about. And we forget about people. We forget that like we're called to be salt and light to this dark world and we're supposed to go reach people and love people and run after them. And I know this, that as you spend time in the presence of God, your heart for people will grow. Because it's on God's heart. He loves your neighbors. He loves the people you're at work with. If you're there right now, I don't know if you're there. Maybe the people on Zoom, okay? I don't know, right? He, he loves them. He's crazy about people. And as you spend time, as you come freely to his throne, He's gonna take care of your needs, but then he's also gonna birth in you a heart to love others.